You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now. Check out all the good stuff we have there. NFL Combine fallout there, mock drafts, uh, winners, losers, review of what's going on there in Indianapolis with the prospects. And uh, we've got uh, a show here for you on Locked On Fantasy Football as we continue now Picking up where we left off with our team offseason previews, we went through the entire NFC East there last week. Uh, We kind of took a break to look at mock draft and other things here this week, but uh, we're going to pick it back up here, going, flipping there to the AFC East, so we'll hit that division here, so that'll be our next run of shows here as uh, we have a critical offseason for this division. We know that we're going to get to the New England Patriots in time, but we're going to go in alphabetical order like we always do. So we'll have the Buffalo Bills up first. Then we'll get to that interesting offseason ahead for the Miami Dolphins and go through the Patriots and Jets. So that'll be our next series of shows here on Lockdown Fantasy Football, kind of setting it up. What's going on from the perspective of free agency in the draft for all these teams what they're thinking about where they can improve what are the big issues there that's what we're doing that's what we did with the entire nfc so we're gonna do that with the afc east and we'll flip back into the nfc so we'll get through every team here at some point uh, in this uh, early part of the offseason then we'll revisit them once everything is uh, kind of set there with their roster and their prospects for their offense here at uh Also keeping you up with the changes of all these teams as well. So let's dive into the Bills, shall we? They have an interesting offseason ahead for sure. Coming off that playoff berth here, a good season overall. Josh Allen was a pretty steady QB1 here. Not any issues directly with Josh Allen, but the big uh, thing we'll talk about in this segment, they did get aggressive in free agency. Last year it paid off with John Brown and Cole Beasley, when you're looking at uh, where they stand here, uh, there's only a couple issues there at wide receiver, but uh, Isaiah McKenzie is a restricted free agent, and Robert Foster, who's uh, seen a diminished role here, is an exclusive rights free agent. So they're going to have him in the mix there if they want him, but without Zay Jones, so they moved to the Raiders here. It's uh, John Brown and Cole Beasley, but you know what that leaves it leaves that second outside spot they looked at duke williams they liked some of the things he could do last year you had uh foster a couple years ago when uh, you didn't have the same situation with uh different receivers in the mix he stepped up but he kind of faded last year in the offense beasley pretty settled into that slot role john brown pretty much working as the number one receiver. He did have that big playability deep threat wise that we saw from him. But overall, I mean, you look at uh, this uh, situation, it's uh, ticking upward here for Josh Allen. The big question mark is what are they going to do at that other outside receiver? Again, McKenzie, more of a gadget player. They used him in certain big play spots. Andre Roberts, more of a pure slot guy there. 
for the Patriot or for the Bills. So overall, when you look at it here, uh, you know, the key here is getting that number two wide receiver. There's been talk in free agency of going after AJ Green. We do have uh, Brashad Perryman and uh, Robbie Anderson, two are mid-tier free agents there. But the problem is with those guys is they're kind of the same skill set in some ways as John Brown. They're kind of field stretchers. I think they want some big guy that can help them finish drives. Uh, somebody who can stand at the level of Josh Allen and produce it. AJ Green certainly would fit the bill. He's a clear number one all-around receiver. Elsewhere you look, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders would be a tough sell here. I mean, he's an older receiver. It did work out with Brown and Beasley, but you'd have another guy that's kind of a little bit of Brown, a little bit of Beasley with a skill set and a little bit older as well. I think you want to get younger at this position. So they're going to examine that for sure. And I think one avenue, obviously, is the draft there where they could look at Henry Ruggs III from Alabama, who just came off running a great 40 time there at the Combine. Good, complete receiver. T. Higgins of Clemson. Uh, Jalen Rieger should come back up the charts from TCU. You have uh, Denzel Mims there. Uh, later in the draft, you could look at uh, Chase Claypool of Notre Dame. He's a bit of a hybrid now, wide receiver, tight end, but he ran very fast as well. So in some form, I think the Bills are going to address this. I think it's more likely to be the draft than free agency. Looking at the, the rest of the wide receivers, they could look at here is, uh, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's returning, so he's not going anywhere. They could take a chance on Devin Funches on the outside as a big body, but that's very limited. I don't think Amari Cooper's going to get into free agency. Again, they're not looking for Paul Richardson, Taylor Gabriel types. Both of those guys were recently re- released by their teams. Again, Ted Ginn doesn't make a lot of sense either. Chester Rogers, more of a slot issue there. Randall Cobb, same thing, should returning to the Cowboys. So again, the options start to get limited there. I mean, in terms of getting that big body who can score and do some damage, it's a little bit different from Brown and Beasley. Again, Perryman has a little bit of that feel. He's a little bit more than a field stretcher, but I would say overall, I mean, Funchess is really the kind of body type they want, but I don't know if they want to just go invest low level on a guy that uh, kind of flamed out with the Colts, wasn't healthy coming over from the Panthers, only had a one-year deal and didn't have too much interest in free agency. They could have got after him last year and didn't. So, again, I totally see the Bills uh, addressing this spot based on what they really need here. There's a lot of slot types and smaller receivers and those types. I think this draft class is just too good with those guys I mentioned there in that wheelhouse. They're not going to be in position to get CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy there, but all these other receivers are certainly in play for them, uh, starting with that uh, first pick there in the 20s in the draft. So it's going to be fun to see what they do. But I, well, however you slice it, they need to raise the level of Josh Allen. You look at uh, Josh Allen's uh, season, it was uh, very good here. A little bit uh, not as run dependent. He did have 20 touchdowns, so it's a little bit uh, room to grow there for sure when you look at it. I mean, he went from... Uh, 10 touchdown passes and 12 starts to 20 and 16. So that's pretty good improvement there. His rating went up quite a bit, 18 points there. So we expect him to go into the 90s in this year. I mean, you look at the rushing stats, a little bit more active as a rookie, 631 yards, 8 TDs, but 510 and 9 there. So he was still a very important goal line back for this team last year. That's what you saw with the production of one Josh Allen. 
So there you have a look at the Bills' passing game and their situation here with free agency and the draft. Again, receivers going to be a priority here for them here in 2020, and uh, they've got good amount of cap space to do it with the 82 million. So I think that investment will be in other positions and not there, and we'll dive into that in a moment. But first, I got to tell you this is a great time to check out all the Lockdown NFL shows, the Combine Fallout, the rumors and news that are coming there, team by team. Where do teams stand in the draft? Or what draft picks do they have? Where are they thinking in offseason free agencies? An extension of that here. Check out all the team by team podcasts we have for you on the Lockdown Network. We're here for you every week, all week, to break down your favorite teams and your favorite aspects of the NFL, whether it's a reality or fantasy. So check us out. Uh, we're all over the place. Uh, whatever team, again, you love, we've got a show for you. We'll be right back here to break down the specifics of the Bills salary cap situation. All right, so let's continue here. I mentioned they have $82 million or so. Uh, they were spenders last year to some degree. They didn't overspend. They were calculated with that. I think a potential uh, cut here for the uh, Bills would be uh, Tyler Croft, but you look at it right now, I mean, it's not bad at all when you look at uh, where they stand. I mean, free agency, again, it's... Uh, it's a tough thing to navigate here in the modern NFL, but the cap space keeps going up. Look at the rest of free agents. They'll probably lose Jordan Phillips. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander has decided to retire. Shaq Lawson. So that's where the key losses are there defensively for this team that uh, potentially could be gutted. Uh, Kevin Johnson could go elsewhere at corner. So they're, they could be really thin here on the back end, and that's going to be their biggest concern uh, there that – Again, not too many free agents, but some key areas. I mean, Alexander stepping away certainly hurts. Phillips and Lawson, they did keep a star Latule, but he's been uh, very limited with his production as well. So it's something that you look at here overall that the Bills, again, have plenty of money. I don't think they'll be too aggressive. They'll be more calculated with the draft. They want to get in the hole here. If there's a guy that they can splurge on, I think you might look at uh, some more offensive line help. You have uh, Quentin Spain being a free agent. Maybe they'll pilfer Joe Thune there, the guard from the Patriots. So that would be not a bad way to spend their money. And another thing we're going to look at here with the Bills is uh, they have to uh, decide uh, if they're happy with the Devin Singletary as their feature back. Because Frank Gore is an unrestricted free agent. Are they going to go out and uh, get a complimentary veteran back for him? I mean... You have some people out there that have a lot of appeal. Carlos Hyde would be one, but I think he's going to return there to the Texans. Maybe you look at a complimentary player like Peyton Barber, not not one that's too great, but can help you finish some drives in the red zone there. If, you, if you're looking for some help there, maybe an Isaiah Crowell to put in this mix there to uh, supplement Singletary if you're going a little bit younger. There, Singletary, I think they can trust in the passing game, so there's not as much there. So you're looking, at, again, at a power back option that you can slam in there, compliment him, uh, finish some drives here. Maybe a Jordan Howard would have some interest there for the Bills. Uh, as a replacement to Gore, there's some rumors about that, and he wouldn't be too bad because we know what he did with a rookie back there with Miles Sanders, complimented him well, then he had the uh, neck-shoulder type injury that kept him out. 
Sanders went from there. So Howard could step into a different situation with one of those promising young backs this year and settle for that change of pace in terms of power and red zone there that we're going to look at for the Bills. So again, Gore, venerable player, did his time well. They had a lot of commitment to him, didn't kind of unleash Singletary the way you thought they would. And uh, again, Howard, a player like that, a complimentary power back is where they would go. So that's good news for Singletary. I think it's going to be more of the same with him being involved in the passing game. They're a lot more in 2020. People are very excited about him, but I would proceed with caution. I don't think they're going to simply make him a 25 to 30 touch back. I think he's still going to be around a 15 to 20 touch back. They don't want to wear him down. He's a versatile key part of their offense. Uh, Again, also keep in mind that they get that third receiver and get a little bit more from tight end, whether it's Dawson Knox or someone else there to help out. It's going to maybe limit the way they use their backs in the passing game here. But uh, Singletary, again, that all points to not needing that extra kind of pure pass catching back. We saw that role with TJ Yeldon last year. He was pretty much inactive for most of the game. So didn't have a big factor there, but Singletary should be the guy that touches the ball most here. I think the touchdowns, that's going to be a concern. I mean, that's what we're going to look at if they sign that power back because you not only have that potential uh, – Big back, so to speak, finishing drives, but you also have Josh Allen. So those are the biggest concerns there with the value of Singletary going forward, and we'll just have to see how that plays out as the Bills uh, shuffle up the back end of their depth chart at that position. And again, you look at Devin Singletary, I mean, the skill set is all there for uh, what he can do and be explosive. So looking at uh, him and Miles Sanders, I think Sanders is where you would go right now. You're going to follow that situation. We talked about his uh, potential RB2 with a bullet status. Well, Singletary certainly can have that here in 2020. So, get a good vibes team overall with the Bills. I mean, they found a way to win. They're doing it a little bit more creatively offensively. I think Brian Dable, and uh, his influence was very good on this offense last year. Very similar, again, if you have a parallel is those 2015 Panthers. I wrote a similarity. I think that's where they were going with, with Josh Allen. I mean, you look at the trajectory, a little bit the same, but Allen a little bit behind in the passing production. But overall, this is a team that wants to be the same way as Carolina. It makes a lot of sense. Sean McDermott, uh, Brandon Bean, they have that kind of mentality. So you have that big quarterback who can run, take advantage of that, have a few downfield threats. John Brown maybe add a second one here whether it's Ruggs or Higgins, someone like that in the draft, or Rieger, I think that would be excellent for this offense and uh, really put it up in uh, Singletary. So when you look at that, there's a lot of excitement around the Bills here offensively for 2020. So there you have a look at now comprehensively the Bills' free agent situation. We'll talk a little bit more about their team needs here to close the show. But again, mentioned uh, all our Locked On NFL shows. Well, we're more than that now on the network. We've got you covered for MLB Spring Training, NBA and NHL. All-Star breaks are over. We're here in the stretch run toward the playoffs there. And uh, don't forget, we still have college sports and uh, March Madness around the corner as well. So more than just the NFL, we started there with that and uh, went to fantasy. And now we've got you covered in a lot of different sports. So, again, we... Think local, act global here on uh, 
Locked On Network, and uh, we're glad that you're listening and uh, tapping into a part of it here on this show. And make sure you're checking out all the great shows because there's so many good hosts, so much good information out there on a uh, week daily basis on the Locked On Network. We'll be right back here to wrap up our look at the Bills outlook here for 2020. All right, uh, mostly positive vibes so far. We've mentioned with the Bills have a little bit of flexibility with the cap space. Looking at not too many losses. They can rebuild their defense a little bit in free agency and uh, also have the ability to be a little bit aggressive uh, looking at their offensive line. I think their team needs, that's a little bit uh, interesting here. I think looking at their roster as we do a final kind of assessment of uh, where they're at here going into the key parts of the offseason Definitely line is going to be concerned. They want to get a little bit better there. Again, th- that was a big priority last offseason, and they did some things there. But again, they could lose uh, Quentin Spain there. I would really look for an upgrade. They could still get better at left tackle, I think, here with the Deion Dawkins in there. They got some good returns from Mitch Morse and Cody Ford last year, a little bit from Spencer Long. But again, tackle, left side, uh, guard, Left side, they could look to improve there, but uh, expect uh, the starting lineup to be here. Allen with Singletary, Brown, Beasley, Knox. And uh, again, could have a big change at guard, but I think Cody Ford and Mitch Morse are going to be a big part of what they do up front. So a few more holes there that they could target to really get solidified uh, in pass protection and run blocking to really uh, boost their offensive production here in 2020. Defensively, again, Star Lutile, they kept... Phillips is expendable because they have Ed Oliver there. Their first-round pick from last year really came on strong. So Oliver should see a regular role. There's no reason to invest too much in Phillips. Shaq Lawson had been a disappointment, more of a rotational bench player. So, again, they'll look for a little bit of depth there. That's what they want in their rotation. They have Trent Murphy, Star Lutelli, and Jerry Hughes. Three-fourths of their starters turning Oliver raised a little bit in profile and a little bit more depth. And linebacker, we know Tremaine Edmonds holds down the fort and middle linebacker. Matt Milano also coming off a good year at outside linebacker. So I think they could look at one more spot there on the weak side to improve their team there. Secondary, they look pretty set with Tredavious White and uh, Micah Hyde as the anchors, Jordan Poyer and uh, Levi Wallace as more of the complimentary player. So not a ton of holes on this team going forward for the Bills. Uh, I really like their upside here offensively and uh, I think the biggest question mark is uh, how consistent and balanced they can be are they going to have the explosive plays here I think just getting a little bit more complimentary help for Brown and Beasley is going to help that Josh Allen again when you combine it he pushed for 30 touchdowns there last year combined that's a good element to see I don't think they're going to rein him in too much as a runner he picks his spots well he really kind of fits the flow of the offense with Brian Dable for sure so again, not too many needs, but I think what's great is they have the capital draft-wise and in free agency to do whatever they want and really improve their team and maybe take advantage of the fact that the Patriots are weakened here, potentially with Tom Brady leaving the door, the Dolphins in big rebuilding mode with three picks. The Jets kind of also have to reshuffle quite a few things to figure out some key parts offensively and defensively. The Bills, again, nice upside here overall. The team we're going to be watching very carefully in fantasy they outdid their returns for sure. Beasley was never this productive with the with the uh, Cowboys. 
Brown stayed healthy and was there. Singletary showed a lot of promise. Well, they can uh, turn the torch to him as the featured back here. So some good stuff all around with the Bills. Again, that's how I'm feeling. Again, the biggest changes, I think you'll see a little bit extra punch at running back and wide receiver there, their holes, and Knox stepping into a bigger role. Better blocking overall, and I think their defense could just have a lot more upside making plays as well with Oliver taking on a more prominent role here in 2020. So there you have it. There's a, your assessment of the Buffalo Bills, where they've been, where they are going here. Uh, and uh, I really like the direction with Sean McDermott and Dable. And we can trust them to be a valuable team overall with a lot more fantasy relevance here than we've had in uh, several years with the Bills. So that's exciting to think about there for sure. Another exciting team that we'll talk about tomorrow is the Miami Dolphins. They could have some big changes there with their offense. Uh, They have nowhere to go but up, but they also have some good foundations built there as well to be productive and uh, be fully on our fantasy football radar radar for 2020. So don't forget, we'll go Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Then we'll uh, pivot over to the NFC North there. So we'll uh, make sure that you're getting all your teams in there so you kind of have a good assessment. Advanced scouting period of fantasy football is pretty critical as we uh, are amused by the XFL, but we just can't wait for the NFL to get into high gear with some of the big changes here for 2020, and the Bills will certainly be a big part of that. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this is Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time with a look at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Have a good weekend, and good luck in your XFL games this week.